0: Section Four Part Three of An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers by Henry Fielding. Section Four. Of the Laws that Relate to the Provision for the Poor. Part Three i have moreover i think demonstrated one the equity of this law and that it is as much for the service of the labourer as of his master two the utility of it to trade i shall only add the necessity of it in order to execute the intention of the legislature in compelling the idle to work for is it not the same thing to have the liberty of working or not at your own pleasure and to have the absolute nomination of the price at which you will work the idleness of the common people in this town is indeed greatly to be attributed to this liberty most of these if they cannot exact an exorbitant price for their labor will remain idle the habit of exacting on their superiors is grown universal and the very porters expect to receive more for their work than the salaries of above half the officers of the army amount to i conclude then that this law is necessary to be revived perhaps with some enlargements and that still upon one account more, which is, to enable the magistrate clearly to distinguish the corrigible from the incorrigible in idleness, for when the price of labour is once established, all those poor who shall refuse to labour at that price, even at the command of a magistrate, may properly be deemed incorrigibly idle. For these the legislature have, by several acts of parliament, provided a punishment, by commitment to bridewell, either for more or less time, and a very severe punishment this is if being confirmed in habits of idleness and in every other vicious habit may be esteemed so these houses are commonly called houses of correction and the legislature intended them certainly for places of correction of idleness at least for in many acts where persons are ordered to be committed to bridewell it is added there to be kept to hard labour nay in the statute of james the first these houses of correction are directed to be built with a convenient backside adjoining together with mills, turns, cards, and such like necessary implements to set rogues and other idle people on work again in the same statute. authority is given to the master or governor to set to work such rogues, vagabonds, idle, and disorderly persons as shall be brought or sent unto the said house, being able while they shall continue in the said house and to punish them by putting fetters on them and by whipping nor are the said rogues etc to have any other provision than what they shall earn by their labour the erection of these houses as is usual with new institutions did at first greatly answer the good purposes for which they were designed insomuch that my lord coke observes that upon the making of the statute thirty nine elizabeth for the erection of houses of correction and a good space after, whilst justices of the peace and other officers were diligent and industrious, there was not a rogue to be seen in any part of England, and again he prophesies that from the erection of these houses we shall have neither beggar nor idle person in the commonwealth. But this great man was a much better lawyer than he was a prophet, for whatever these houses were designed to be, or whatever they at first were, the fact is, that they are at present, in general, no other than schools of vice seminaries of idleness and common sewers of nastiness and disease as to the power of whipping which the act of james I vests in the governor that i believe is very seldom used and perhaps when it is not properly applied and the justice in very few instances in none of idleness hath any power of ordering such punishment the prison for idleness being before that time the stocks in the eleventh year of henry the seventh vagabonds beggars etc are ordered to be set three days and three nights in the stocks and with regard to work the intention of the law is i apprehend as totally frustrated insomuch that they must be very lazy persons indeed who can esteem the labour imposed in any of these houses as a punishment in some i am told there is not any provision made for work in that of middlesex in particular the governor hath confessed to me that he hath had no work to employ his prisoners and hath urged as a reason that having generally great numbers of most desperate felons under his charge who notwithstanding his utmost care will sometimes get access to his other prisoners he dares not trust those who are committed to hard labour with any heavy or sharp instruments of work lest they should be converted into weapons by the felons what good consequence then can arise from sending idle and disorderly persons to a place where they are neither to be corrected nor employed and where with the conversation of many as bad and sometimes worse than themselves, they are sure to be improved in the knowledge and confirmed in the practises of iniquity can it be conceived that such persons will not come out of these houses much more idle and disorderly than they went in the truth of this i have often experienced in the behaviour of wretches brought before me The most impudent and flagidious of whom have always been such as have been before acquainted with the discipline of bridewell a commitment to which place though it often causes great horror and lamentation in the novice is usually treated with ridicule and contempt by those who have already been there for this reason i believe many of the worthiest magistrates have to the utmost of their power declined a rigorous execution of the laws for the punishment of idleness thinking that a severe reprimand might more probably work the conversion of such persons than the committing them to bridewell this i am sure may with great certainty be concluded that the milder method is less liable to render what is bad worse and to complete the destruction of the offender but this way of acting however worthy may be the motive which is sometimes more justifiable to a man's own conscience than it would be in the court of bang's bench which requires the magistrate to execute the laws entrusted to his care, and in the manner in which those laws prescribe. And besides the indecency of showing a disregard to the laws in being, nothing surely can be more improper than to suffer the idleness of the poor, the because of so much evil to the society, to go entirely unpunished. And yet, should the magistrate do his duty as he is required, will the intent and purpose of the legislature be answered? the parliament was indeed too wise to punish idleness barely by confinement labor is the true and proper punishment of idleness for the same reason which the excellent dr swift gives why death is the proper punishment of cowardice where then is the remedy is it to enforce the execution of the law as it now stands and to reform the present conduct of the several bridewells this would i believe be as difficult a work as the cleansing of the augian stables of old and would require as extraordinary a degree of political as that did of natural strength to accomplish it in truth the case here is the same as with the overseers before the trust is too great for the person on whom it devolves and though these houses are in some measure under the inspection of the justices of peace yet this in the statute is recommended in too general a manner to their care to expect any good fruits from it as to the true and faithful account which they are to yield to the justices at the sessions of persons in their custody this is at present little more than matter of form nor can it be expected to be any other in the hurry of a public sessions and when the stench arising from the prisoners is so intolerable that it is difficult to get any gentleman to attend the court at that time in the last vagrant act indeed two justices are appointed twice or oftener every year to examine into the state and nature of houses of correction etc yet as it gives them no power but of reporting to the sessions i believe it hath not produced any good effect for the business of the sessions is so complicated and various that it happens as in all cases where men have too much to do that they do little or nothing effectually perhaps indeed if two or more justices of the peace were appointed to meet once every month at some convenient place as near as possible to the bridewell there, to summon the Governor before them to examine the accounts of his stock and implements for work, and to make such orders under what restrictions the Parliament shall think proper as to such justices shall seem requisite, this might afford a palliative at least in short, the great cure for idleness is labour, and this is only proper punishment, nor should it ever be in the power of an idle person to commute this punishment for any other. In the reign of Edward the 6th a most severe law indeed was made for the punishment of idleness if any person says the statute shall bring to two justices of peace any runegate servant or any other which liveth idly and loiteringly by the space of 3 days the said justices shall cause the said idle and loitering servant or vagabond to be marked with a hot iron on the breast with the letter v and adjudge him to be slave to the same person that brought and presented him to have him his executioners and assigns for two years who shall take the said slave and give him bread water or small drink and refuse meat and cause him to work by beating chaining or otherwise in such work and labour as he shall put him be it never so vile and if such slave absent himself from his master within the term by the space of fourteen days he shall be adjudged by two justices of the peace to be marked on the forehead or the ball of the cheek with a hot iron with the sign of an S, and shall be adjudged to be slave to his said master for ever, and if the said slave shall run away a second time he shall be adjudged a felon. The statute lived no longer than two years. Indeed, it deserved no longer a date, for it was cruel, unconstitutional, and rather resembling the cruel tempter of a draco than the mild spirit of the English law. But est modus there is a difference between making men slaves and felons and compelling them to be subjects in short between throwing the reins on the neck of idleness and riding it with spurs of iron thus have i endeavoured to give the reader a general idea of the laws which relate to the single point of employing the poor and as well as i am able to discern of their defects and the reasons of these defects i have likewise given some hint for the cure and have presumed to offer a plan which in my humble opinion would effectually answer every purpose desired but till this plan shall be produced or which is more to be expected till some man of greater abilities as well as of greater authority shall offer some new regulation for this purpose something at least ought to be done to strengthen the laws already made and enforce their execution the matter is of the highest concern and imports us not only as we are good men and good christians but as we are good englishmen since not only preserving the poor from the highest degree of wretchedness, but the making them useful subjects, is the thing proposed. A work, says Sir Josiah Child, which would redound some hundred thousands per annum to the public advantage. Lastly, it is of the utmost importance to that point which is the subject matter of this treatise, for which reason I have thought myself obliged to give it a full consideration. The want of a due provision, says Lord Hale, for education and relief of the poor in a way of industry is that which fills the gaols with malefactors and fills the kingdom with idle and unprofitable persons, that consume the stock of the kingdom without improving it and that will daily increase even to a desolation in time and this error, in the first concoction is never remediable but by gibbets and whipping in serious truth if proper care should be taken to provide for the present poor and to prevent their increase by laying some effectual restraints on the extravagance of the lower sort of people the remaining part of this treatise would be rendered of little consequence since few persons i believe have made their exits at tyburn who have not owed their fate to some of the causes before mentioned but as i am not too sanguine in my expectations on this head i shall now proceed to consider of some methods to obviate the frequency of robberies which if less efficacious are perhaps much easier than those already proposed and if we will not remove the temptation at least we ought to take away all encouragement to robbery end of section 4 part 3